Do you ever just look at something and you know it's a bad idea? Like I'm sitting here, I have this roll of solder. Uh, there's this a big six strip that's laying across my pit table. Mm. Like I was just like imagining myself sticking the solder right in the electrical outlet. Dumb. I wonder what happened. This is Alex Sturgeon with the Hobbytown Hobbyplex. And this is Will Brinton with the Will Brinton. <laughs> We're here for, uh, what will this be, episode 16? 15 or 16? I kind of lost track. Is it really? Yeah, it's it's up there. That is like five. Yeah. Sorry, you're going to hear my drill for a second. I don't want to leave the front end of my car taken apart. Oh, that's fine. That's kind of what this show's all about, you know, like RC and wrenching and there's probably some guy watching us on youtube right now he's like hey i'm using a drill too (laughs) (laughs) i found the hinge pin nice so you open up the pack and then you find the hinge pin (laughs) i found the one i was looking for it was underneath my uh my front bumper on my table god i need to get my act together here anyway anyway we need to uh remember that uh, Pivot Lending Group is our title sponsor of the Hobbyplex Show podcast. If you get a hold of them and mention the Hobbyplex Show, you can choose between a $500 lender credit or 0.12 off of your rate when you're getting a new house uh, or a uh, refinance. Speaking of which, I've been kind of keeping my eye open for a house a little bit farther outside the city with some land. In Lincoln? No, I want like North of the city, south of the city, although I would prefer it north because then I'd be closer to work. But I kind of have this urge to to build my own mountain bike trail. Yeah. And a lot of that comes cool. yeah, a lot of that comes from the fact that that if if this thing ever happens again and they go so far as to um shut down our parks and stuff, and then I'm out, you know, a mountain bike trail or whatever, then what? So then if I have my own land and I have my own mountain bike trail, then then the problem's solved. Yeah. Can I run mini bikes on it? Yeah. It's private property. Really? It'd be private property. That'd be my dream. So I want, I want some land. I'm not talking like a a huge amount, but um, our house is pretty well priced and we might, you know, we, I don't know. It's maybe just a, a pipe dream, but Emerson and I were talking about it and I'm like, what if you brought over the grandkids and there was like a mountain bike trail? Uncle Will's out there tearing it up on his mini bike. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) So there's that, that, that every time I think now when I've, uh, when I review the show and I'm like, uh, and we talk about pivot lending, I'm like, ah, you know what? I probably should get a hold of them just to see what's out there. You know, not that I'm super serious about it, but it's something that I always, I've been thinking about lately. The problem is, is our house is so nice. I love our house and Gretchen loves her mm-hmm. house. Right. Yeah, it'd just, be cool. Yeah. So I don't know. It, it'd be tough. I like your house. I like the futon. If you ever get rid of that futon, can I have it? Okay. Gretchen wants to get rid of the futon. But the futon what? is the no. Listen, the futon is precious to me. That's the first piece of yeah. furniture that I ever bought. So when I moved out yeah. of my when I moved out of my parents' house, I was sleeping on this stupid single mattress thing. It didn't even have a box spring. I just put it on the floor, and I took the doors off the closet that I was living in. I was okay. So I was living in a basement apartment, a two room basement apartment. It was pretty close to a studio apartment. But they had these slider doors on the closet. And I'm like, you know, if I put my bed in halfway in there, I'll have more room out here for to like work on, you know, car stuff and all that. And so that's what I did for for a little while. Yeah. 
that's what I did for a little while. And then finally one, one payday, I went to Nebraska furniture mart. I ended up buying this. They got a small loan. Yeah, basically <laughs> that's what it was. It was like, it was 400 and something bucks for a wooden, nice futon, but I didn't want to get a cheap futon. I wanted a nice wooden one. Yeah, that one's nice, man. I love it. So, uh, I'm never going to get rid of that futon unless Emerson wants to take it with him when he moves out and then oh. it'll just get passed down from family to family. Generation to Genera- generation. That's what I was trying to say. Generation to generation. We raced this weekend. We can actually talk about race results. Yeah, it's sweet. It is totally sweet. And then we've got, uh, we've actually got some pretty good questions to cover too. And I think we can do all this That's in good. an hour. I think, I think we can get this in. What's new? So, you okay. know, the old format we would do, we would talk about new products and all that stuff. I did want to mention Team Associated just released their IFS ready to run today. Yeah, I think it looks sweet. It I does. Saw pictures it of does it. look really cool. I need a crawler or something, trail truck. That'd yeah. Be sweet. And I, uh, I have, it's not mine, it's the stores, that SCX-10 two that I've been working on. I got it rolling pretty good. You're always welcome to come up and try that. They are having a crawler event. Is it Sunday? Sunday. If you want to, you can come up and use it. I'll let you use it. Yeah, the last time I used it, I did pretty good and I broke that servo, but I still got last or something. Nah, they were I like, think, yeah. I don't think he ended up last. Oh, really? I don't oh, think he did. That'd be cool if I didn't. Yeah. Uh, that, I yeah, that, I that, that truck's got a radiant metal geared servo in it now. <laughs> it was the last one we had. Yeah. Actually, somebody <laughs> returned it for some reason. And then we were trying to figure out why they returned it. And we tested it and we're like, this think servo that, works fine. I don't think that. Yeah, I don't think that those servos would work with the Traxxas radios for some reason, or like if they had that, like their programming thing in it, or right. where it would like, I don't know, like the gyro and stuff, or if they had a T-Max with the reverse. Mm. It has to do with their receiver and like some other box that their receivers all plug into now. Yeah. And I remember having problems with that, like when I, because I did the testing on that servo. Well, it works fine in the, uh, the uh, crawler truck. So I don't know. Oh yeah. Actually tonight after this is over, I'm actually mm-hmm. going to the Plex and I'm going to spend a couple hours tonight working on the crawler course. I'm going to see if That's I can cool. get this bridge. I've gotten, I've gotten started. I'm halfway done with it and I'm going to see if I can mm-hmm. get it to uh, get it done before Sunday. So I, I guess like to get back to like racing stuff, you see who came out of the woodwork and bought a new car from the Plex like you're supposed to. Lisa, brand new V6. Yeah, Kevin. He mm-hmm. texted me. He was like, "Man, I kind of want to race a Bugler again." I was like, <laughs> "Okay." He's he's like, "I know you're going to tell me to get an associated car." I said, "Well, I mean, it's the most bang for the buck, depending on what you're going to run do with it. You know, yeah. like are you going to race stock or modified?" Yeah, he came in he's Sunday. Like, well, I, kinda, I sold everything to him. Well, I gave I gave him a motor. He came in on Saturday and he said he needed a motor, so I just gave him one of my Reedy M3s because I'm running all the M4s in my cars now. Oh yeah. And, uh, so I just gave him that and get him rolling. Yeah. So that's one more. I think he wants to run mod buggy and 13, five wheeler. Yeah. That'd be sweet. Yeah. So that's one more mod buggy. So where do we start, man? So, uh, we filled up RC sign up had 29 when I looked at it last. And then we ended up with exactly 30 on Saturday. And after everybody got their entries in, including you, uh, it ended up being 61 entries. So basically everybody ran two I classes. Was, I was signed up online and I even asked you if you needed my receipt and you're like, no, you're good. And then you printed the heat sheets off and I wasn't on the heat sheet. No, and I was like, I probably, I probably forgot. I was busy. Mm-hmm. I was, cause oh, I had to yeah. get Emerson's car well, done. Was, 
Emerson's car was a yeah. last minute deal. Trying yeah. to get it. No, I wasn't holding it against you or nothing. No, I know. It's fine. Okay. Yeah, Emerson's car was a last minute deal. So I got, I think I got the tires and stuff all glued up for the Thursday night and then Friday. And then I had to break it in his differential Saturday morning. And, hmm. uh, and then mom dropped him off at like 1130 and he got a little practice in. So that was good. I wanted to drive his car so I could compare my low C car versus mm-hmm. his B, brand new B six two with basically stock setup on it. I didn't get a chance to, <laughs> like, I don't know why I yeah. just, I just uh, didn't get a chance to, it's kind of, kind of weird. Looked like it was working pretty good for him, dude. So I was really proud of him because he hasn't driven an RC car in a race condition since our last club race on carpet. I think Ethan Dallaire took some video of the B main and like the last minute yeah. and a half or whatever. Dude, I was trying my damnedest to get to to get him. And uh, he actually, towards the end of that race, he actually pulled away from me. And then I don't know what happened to him in the A main, but we'll talk about that later. But he and I qualified crappy and then and then pulled it out of our butts again. It's the Sturgeon way. So uh, where do you want to start? You want to just start with the race results overall? What do you what do you want to talk about Saturday? Nobody had a mask on. Nobody had a mask on. I didn't see a single person with one. Uh, I'm not wearing a mask. Sorry. I mean, I know, no. I know, I'm gonna get, I'm, I'm, I'm gonna get scolded by somebody eventually. I'm not wearing a mask. My sister's probably like thinking that, but I'm just sorry. I'm not gonna do it. And we're all family. If it was like a zombie apocalypse. Family. If it literally turned you into a zombie or something, then yeah, I'd probably run and hide, but mm-hmm. I'm not going to wear a mask. Yeah. But yeah, you're right. Nobody actually, somebody commented on YouTube that I did a, I did a YouTube, uh, a little like three minute YouTube video. And one of the comments yeah. was, uh, nobody's wearing masks, but I mean, here's the thing. We have the pits spread out. So you get a full mm-hmm. table. Nobody's next to you. Nobody's within 10 feet of you. You know, uh, mm-hmm. we have a big driver stand and everybody was spread out for the most part. So, I mean, our, our pit area is huge. We're not this, we're not a tiny track with a little confined space where we have a, the pit area itself is, what is that down there? It's 10, is it 10,000 square feet? I think it's bigger than that even. No, I think it's 10. Oh, it's huge. Cause I think the hobby town, hobby flex floor is seven, the carpet tracks 10,000 and then the dirt track is 15,000 total square feet. Mm. So, I mean, it's not like we were right on top of one another. Yeah. I don't know. I wasn't really that worried about it. Yeah, me neither. I had to get a couple things uh, worked out. The computer hadn't been turned on in two and a half months. So we had a bunch of updates and had to run the night before. I think two things must have happened. So we had a lightning strike back in March or something that knocked out a whole bunch of computers upstairs and like reset them or something. And I think it got, I think it got the, the um, race vision computer. So I had Mm -hmm. to go in and totally redo race vision again. And uh, I had to get all the TV screens working again, because like if you, there's a sequence, you have to plug everything in. And if you don't plug it in the right sequence, then all the TVs don't work. Like two of the TVs work, but one doesn't. And because I'm not an engineer, I know it's supposed to work. And I just fiddle with it until I get it to work. Attention, Hobbyplex podcast listeners. This is a friendly reminder that host Alex Sturgeon is not an engineer. Thank you. I don't know why Yeah, I couldn't explain why it has to work that way, but it's just like a sequence of plugging in the right stuff. So, um, so I had to get that working and then I was kind of fortunate that all the sound and everything, I mean, we, it should work, you know, but I don't know. 
I did notice that over on the computer area, what do they call that soundboard that mm-hmm. the, the off-road side had been turned down completely. Oh, really? Yeah. So I, I was in there and I was waiting to hear lap times. I'm like, why in the world ain't lap times going? And then I walked over there and I turned it up so people could actually hear yeah. me when I, when I spoke on the mic. I wonder who turned it down. Yeah, I don't know. We know who. <laughs> oh, do I? <laughs> well, it had to be either Tim or Tom, right? Oh yeah. Okay. But I, I don't know why it would be because we don't do stuff at the same time. Although we could have been, it could have been like a, uh, could have been like a Friday night while there were guys there on Saturday or no, like Saturday while there were guys there on Sunday and somebody went and turned down the off road. I don't know. It doesn't really matter. Nah, it doesn't matter. The winner is. So uh, why don't we just start with the, with race results? What do you think? Plex spec. There was only two entries. I kind of figured that would happen because again, the Plex spec entries for Saturday are going to come from who's coming with online sign up, Right. So it'd have to be like, right. your, you know, the yeah. kids or whatever. And a lot of our, a lot of our kids now are racing stock or regular mod. So. Well, that, and the kind of people that run Plex spec, they aren't going to use uh, RC sign up. No, not really. You know? Although uh, these new guys, uh, Nevin, which is a cool name, uh, Sneathan, if I'm pronouncing that right, him and his dad have been practicing pretty much since this COVID stuff went down. So they've been part mm-hmm. of the, the group of 10 almost uh, two or three times a week since March. And they, they mm-hmm. started with, with uh, I believe they started with like Arma and Traxxas cars and then very quickly got themselves associated cars. And uh, Oh, he, yeah, they're pitted like two spots down yeah, from me. He yeah, was running. Nice guys. Yeah, the kid was running the buggy and his dad was running buggy truck and four-wheel drive. And he was having some trouble with his four-wheel drive, but I think they got it finally figured out. And then Josh Ryan, one of the guys that comes down from Sioux City, they actually, uh, you know, because Plexpex always heads up. It's not, it's not, I don't do it by time. And Josh like had a chance to win every one of these races between the two of them. There's just two of them. And, uh, in the main, Nevin kind of, kind of just drove away finally. But in the, I remember the first two qualifiers, they were back and forth the whole time till the very end. Hmm. So that's awesome. Yeah. If we go to, uh, four wheel drive mod, I really like having four wheel mod like second or third in the order. Just, just because it kind of like. It's nice to have, you know, the, your beginners, but then also right after that, if you get some fast guys in there, those beginners can sit there and go, Whoa, I want to mm-hmm. be like, I want to be like them someday. Yeah. You know, Tom Ritterneck, man, pretty much smoked everybody today in, in four wheel drive and two wheel drive or Saturday. Oh yeah. I mean, um, it goes saying. <laughs> his, uh, his four wheel drive looked really good. From mm-hmm. the, from the booth hit, he was hitting stuff that, um, eight scales were hitting back in March on the same layout in kind of the same way. Like his, his 22 X four would, would jump all the way up to that tabletop before the straightaway and just bounce off the face of that land and go. Whereas everybody else kind of, kind of jostled around a little bit or, or, or didn't land, you know, they landed short of that tabletop set up for it and then jumped in and then that. So mm-hmm. Tom was flying. Here we go. Aiden Olson finished second, 19 at 618. That's cool. Yeah, so he's 17 seconds behind Rinderneck, but he was on a 19 lapper in the main. Mm-hmm. And then Vanderbeek finished, Alex Vanderbeek finished third. And then you had uh, mm-hmm. Ethan Delaire, Mitchell Pavel, Cal Gannon, and then I think, uh, yeah, that was the six of them. One thing that I noticed, I don't know if you noticed, but we all had the shanks. 
I had the shanks the what? for most of the day. I had the shanks. That's where like you just randomly shanks. run into stuff and, and crash. Oh yeah. <laughs> I pretty much forgot how to drive on my first qualifier. Well, I was standing up there. Like I first got in the driver's stand, I was looking at my car. I was like, man, that thing looks weird all the way down there. Yeah. <laughs> and like, I was like, just trying to get oriented again. Like mm-hmm. it, just, it was just really odd. Yeah. It's, feel. it's such a different track. I missed it. I really missed it. This one thing I noticed on Saturday was how much I really missed it. Racing on the big mm-hmm. track, racing on dirt, racing on the big track. I really did miss it. Oh yeah. Aiden Olson, he also was running a 22X4. He qualified six, but I, but here's the thing about Aiden is that he had to work. He was scheduled to work in the mm-hmm. store. And so I don't want to divulge too many secrets, but we were crazy, crazy nuts busy on Saturday. And so Aiden missed out on most of his qualifiers all day. I don't even think he got in a, an, a four wheel drive qualifier. So he started last. Yeah. So he ran two wheel qualifying. He did. did. Yeah. I know. I think he made one of them. I don't think he made his first one. I'm pretty sure he made his oh, second really? one. Yeah. yeah. Yep. Yeah. I know he at least made one. Yep. Yeah. I don't think he made four wheel drive at all. And actually Tom and Alex both hmm. skipped their first qualifier in four wheel drive as well. Yeah. They're getting raising canes. Oh, were they? <laughs> yeah. They well, were. <laughs> that makes sense. Ethan Delaire made his basically his dirt debut. If I understand that right. Yeah. He'd been coming up and practicing. I thought he has. Yeah. But like, as far as like racing yeah. goes, um, I'm pretty sure that yeah, that was his first on dirt before, but I thought he did pretty good. Yeah. I thought he did too. Hey, real quick. Here's something I see on, on our YouTube stream. When is hobby gone? Hobby town going to reopen from DNB videos. We've never closed. Hobby town. Omaha is never closed. We've been open this whole yep. time. I believe Lincoln's mm-hmm. been doing curbside. But, uh, but hobby town yeah. in Omaha, we've been open straight through. We haven't raced yep. the whole time and we've had limited practice, 10 people uh, maximum. And, uh, we've marked off X's on our, on our counter, you know, so that people can be socially distant while they wait in line. We have sanitizer everywhere and I've washed my hands continuously throughout the day and I have the scars to prove it, but, uh, hobby town in Omaha never closed. So just wanted to get that out of the way. And then uh, Mitchell and Kyle, I think Kyle broke out of the, the four-wheel drive main, if I'm not mistaken. He, he was having servo problems. I think he broke a, finally blew a servo in that car, mm. which it happens. Yeah. So we had a mixed bag truck class where we combined four-wheel drive mini truggy and stadium truck. And Matt Robinson, uh, his, his four-wheel drive truck looked pretty good. He was going pretty fast with it. Um, his fast lap was a 20.1. That's right on par with what we were doing in mod. Most of us, yeah. not Tom and Alex, they don't count, but, uh, Jackson Anderson, oh man, our little dude, he's driving a low C car and guess what happened in the very first qualifier? Popped a ball, popped a ball cup, stadium truck, <laughs> dude. It's so hard on low C ball cups. Every single time I see those trucks, they're popping them off. Did you notice that the low C ball cups don't have a hole drilled in the top of them? I did notice when I was building my car initially and I'm like trying to, oh, I was, yeah, I, I was going to change stuff. Uh, Here's a little secret because, uh, I'm not sponsored by anybody, so it doesn't really matter. I have associated ball studs and ball cups all over my low C car specifically yeah. for that reason. 
Well, that's probably why they pop off all the time. You wear them out. They yeah. Make a change. They keep wearing. <laughs> yeah. I don't know why they wouldn't put a hole in that thing, but hey, what do I know? Yeah, I don't know either, but uh, I don't have to worry about it because I've got associated ball cups and ball studs on my car. Tim Marks. Uh, Tim Marks was here. He finished behind Jackson in stadium truck. Bryce and Pavel had a um, four by four mini truggy as well and only mm-hmm. finished two seconds behind Matt. And then nice. Nick Sneathan. Yeah, I think his truck was done. It looked like maybe a T5 or something like that, but I think he broke it after the first qualifier. And Nick's the, the dad of Nevin, and they're the new, some of the mm. new guys. Okay. That, uh, they're, they're, they're part of the group that's been coming a lot um, to yeah. practice, so that's pretty awesome. And then, then we get into our big classes. So we had some really good turnouts um, this week. Stock buggy, independent stock buggy, mod buggy, and 13.5 wheeler all had full heats for the main. We took eight mm-hmm. so we could socially distance. We took eight. So eight mm-hmm. to the main. It was, uh, in it, and if there was more than like, there was 11 cars in mod two wheel and 13, five wheeler. So we did six and five and had to be main with two bump ups. And, uh, the stock buggy main was, was a busy one. James Nelson, who probably should have TQ'd, but had bad luck happen to him in both qualifiers. I think one time. He crashed and, uh, I think it was one of the kids from the truck class, like wasn't really paying attention. So he sat there for a little while. Yeah. And then, Everybody's kind of getting back in the swing of things, including marshalling. You know? <clears throat> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> After that, I kind of made some modifications. I had to move the bucket closer to where that happened. And then I can't remember what happened in the second one. I think he was doing good. And then just, just, just crap luck. I think somebody crashed in front of him and they all ran into it. And then he was like last on his lid or something. Mm-hmm. But, uh, but chance Rolk, part of that group that comes down now from Sioux city was your TQ. And I think if I remember correctly, I didn't have the video up this weekend because we were using the, uh, the desktop computer, which is pretty slow. So I didn't want to mess anything up, but I'm pretty sure he wrecked somewhere in that first lap. Mm-hmm. And, uh, Oh no, you know what happened? Didn't Andy LaChance like whole shot everybody. Andy qualified second. Yeah. And yeah. then. And then like drove basically around the outside of chance, like chance, mm-hmm. like the tone ring and Andy went quicker than chance did. And then he never let up and actually ended up leading over the first jump. That's what, that's oh, exactly that's awesome. what happened. And then I didn't see it, but I heard, heard a little bit yeah. about it. And then about it a lap, like- la- about a lap later, I think Andy wrecked or something and, and gave it all back, but it was a pretty smoking hot, yeah. smoking awesome finish or start to the whole thing. <laughs> He took one out of my playbook. Yeah. I'm usually pretty quick on the trigger. Yeah. <laughs> so Chance Rolk finished second. Uh, James, so Nate, James Nelson won and he won handily. It was a 17, six, 16 versus a 16 at six ten. So it, it would have been like, uh, what is that? That's about 14 seconds. Mm-hmm. So James missed all the carnage on the first, uh, the couple laps and then drove away from everybody. But then behind him, Chance and Wade finished. What is that? It's, it's point one, one, four. Is that thousands or hundreds or tenths? It's like a tenth. One, one, four. Yeah, it's a. No, that's a thousands. That's thousands. Yeah. It's like having your transponder in the front of your car versus in the middle of your car. Yeah, that's that's (laughs) where they finished at the end. It was a it was a good finish. Very close. Mm -hmm. And uh, nobody was pissed off. Everybody was happy. So that was good. Oh, yeah, man. Like. I, I, uh, there's some guys barking at each other on the driver's side. I was like, come on guys, we just got back. <laughs> <laughs> we'll get into that. We'll get into that later. 
so Andy, Andy Lachance finished fourth. Owen Vanderbeek came. Uh, Mac was there, but he was basically a mechanic today. Or I keep saying yeah, today, it's dad. Saturday. He was pit dad for Owen. And uh, Owen raced stock buggy, 13.5 wheeler, and mod buggy. And uh, mm-hmm. uh, Owen finished with a 16 lapper in fifth. And then it was Rod Case, Jason Herbal, and then I think Stevie left, maybe. Or maybe he just was saving his stuff for independent buggy. I think that's what it was. Maybe he's saving his stuff. Because I thought he ran his main. Yeah, he, he, he was. He was packing up after we we're all done. He ran yeah. independent buggy. He didn't run expert buggy. So stock buggy's uh, inaugural 2020 on the dirt run was was pretty good. We had eight cars. Everybody was really close. Uh, the track provided for a really good, um, really good racing. I don't know, man. I was I was pretty happy with with that uh, turnout in both stock classes, both uh, independent and expert. And a couple guys ran both. Which is fine if you don't have any sponsors and you got one car and you want to run both both stock classes. I have no problem with that. That doesn't bother me at all. Oh yeah, I'd take full advantage of that if I were yeah. stock and, and remember we have per person pricing now, so it's twenty bucks. So yeah. you get to run as many classes so what the as you heck? want. You're so, already there, you know. Yeah. Next in the docket was uh, was the one that you and I were in, and that is uh, Mod Buggy A Main. And uh, once again, Tom, not as dominant as four wheel, but. In the end, it was eight seconds. I think Tom and Alex were a lot closer than that, though, for most of that race. I believe so, yeah. Because I could kind of see them. Somehow, I ended up in th- uh, driving in fourth for most of that race, and I could see mm-hmm. Derek was pretty close to Alex, and I could see kind of the streak of red in front of Alex's yellow car in the corner of my eye. So I knew that we were all kind of relatively close, really. I don't know. what. Um, I know you finished weird, but what did you think of the day? the day went very well. I felt like I had a great time. I ran a setup on my car. I was trying the wide pivot, like setups that a lot of like the pro drivers are running now, like Spencer's running it, uh, Cole Tollard's running it. And, uh, Cole posted a setup where it had the 75 millimeter rear arms and four millimeter hexes. And I wanted to try it and see if it would, would translate to our track or how well it would work. And I just don't think we had the grip or the as high a grip as um, they do at trackside, you know, where they're running silver compound slicks. Yeah. And it's like my car stayed the same speed all day. Like I ran a couple of 19s, like in practice, like 19.9, 19.8, but like my car stayed 20 flat somewhere around there all day long. And I mean, it was really consistent. I just could not get my car to go through that, that stairs like everybody else was. It just didn't, it would land and get upset and land. It, it wouldn't make it. You couldn't make like a arc out of all yeah. those. You'd had to like square. That's up a hard part line. of the track too, because mm-hmm. that, that part of the track is if you go walk it, it's mm-hmm. not flat. Like there's undulations they're off camber and on camber off camber. And so depending on where your car is yeah. too, you could all of a sudden be off camber when you're expecting to be on camber. And and there's also, there were some even bigger ruts than that, but I fixed them this week too. Yeah. You know, and like Kyle was telling me he was taking that like full throttle. I was like, how the heck are you doing that? Yeah. So like after the second heat or after the first heat, I changed my suspension up. I went to, I was running V2 blues all the way around. And I, I just don't think that spring was like quick enough for the bumps, like to recover fast enough. 
Yeah. So I went to, you know, white rears and gray fronts and it was better in the second heat. And then I put a thin battery in my car for the main and it was better, but it still wasn't like I could go like three quarter throttle through there. I couldn't just womp on it like everybody else was. And that's like I was following Derek around for part of that race. And that's I just get eaten alive. He'd stretch me out there every single time. But I'd reel him in in other places. I'm kind of like to the point where it's like I'm kind of done like trying things that other people do. I'm just going to work on my own stuff. And it's kind of like that time when we were going to Blue Groove for all their like trophy races or whatever. And like the one round, I just ran my Hobbyplex regular setup. That was when you got first and I got second. Mm-hmm. And I led most part of the main. And Alex Vanderbeek and I got into each other, and that's what let you get around yeah. this. But like I would have won if we would have stayed clean. But like I mean, that was like five years ago. But it's like an example. Like just quit screwing with your car, run run the setups that you know work for you, and just drive better. You know, I just need to get back to that. I keep thinking I'm gonna. Uh, reinvent the wheel and find so- hits hit on something like I did with carpet. And it's just a little bit different style of racing. Yeah. I struggled with brakes. My car, I felt really good all day, but that new hobby wing speed controller and me weren't getting along as the first time I used it on dirt mm-hmm. and on carpet. I never really had a problem with brakes. And I think it's just because of the traction, the amount of traction, but on this dirt, I was, I would hit, I would tap the brakes. My car would spin out. And so then I kept messing with, with, with the brake settings. And then I went back and I was like, well, maybe I should do it on my radio. So then I started messing with my radio and Mm -hmm. I thought I kind of got it in a comfy spot. And then eventually, I don't know. I was just like the hell with it. I'm just going to go drive it. It could be a lot of things. It could be like too stiff a rear spring, not enough rear droop, too much rear droop, not enough rear weight. Like it, uh, uh, your car, like, or your diff not being tight enough. It could yeah. be a lot of things that may, would make your car spin out when you tap the brake. Well, after racing on Saturday, I just asked Tom, cause he's running, you know, he's running hobby wing. And I was like, Hey man, mm-hmm. I'm like, what do you, what do you think about the brake stuff? And he, he kind of told me what Mayfield had helped him with at the Reedy race the following day on Mon on Sunday night. I just very quickly, you know, took 45 minutes down there after work and played with it again and did what, what he told me to do. So I turned the, um, I got to remember it, but I basically, uh, I turned my dual not EPA. I turned my EPA on my radio all the way back up to hundred on the brake settings mm-hmm. all the way back up to hundred. And then I just went into the speed controller and turned the brake force down. I changed the drive frequency and the, uh, brake something, something, whatever it was. And I turned it pretty much opposite of what I had it. And then I went out there and drove it. And it was a lot better. Yeah. Um, dry, dry frequency is huge. Yeah. Like I never realized how much of a difference that makes. So I'm kind of looking forward to next, this coming up Saturday. So I could, I could really put it to the test. Yeah, me too. <laughs> <laughs> but it was Alex. I mean, it was Tom and Alex Vanderbeek one and two. If Mason would have been there, it would have been more than likely. I mean, let's face it, probably Tom, Alex and Mason in some sort of order. Unless one yeah. of them had a blowout or something, you know? But uh, Emerson and I, uh, we actually qualified in the B main. I crashed on the opening lap right, right at that tabletop. I missed it. And the whole field went around me and Emerson led pretty much from that point on, I believe. 
And then mm-hmm. um, I just kind of hung back there and people started crashing. The next thing you know, I was in second. And the thing was, was Emerson and I were talking a bunch of crap to each other before this race that we were going to take each other out. Like whoever was behind each other was going to, was going to take them out. Mm-hmm. And so if we were in third and fourth, I would have totally tried to clean him out as, yeah. as he would have me. Okay. Mm-hmm. But we were in first and second with a bump spot on the line. And Owen Vanderbeek was not that far away with 30 no. seconds left to go. And I'm like, he's standing beside me and I'm like, dude, I'm not going to, don't worry about me. I'm not going to ruin you until the main. Yeah. Let's just yeah. finish this and move on. Anybody in that B main could have won the oh, B main. Absolutely. Like at the last 30 seconds, it was maybe a little bit yeah. more spread I, out. I watched Owen the, was still in third. I thought I watched the video and Aiden was in third and he was right on my heels and then he mm-hmm. messed up at the end of the straightaway. Like he pushed out wide and hit the pipe and then Owen got by. And then about 15 seconds later, uh, Owen had some sort of problem on the, on the middle jump with that tall mm-hmm. landing or whatever. And then there was a gap and, yeah. and I was thinking to myself, I'm like, okay, I know, we're, I know we were talking all this crap beforehand, but, but I don't th- really think I'm gonna do that. But I'll tell you what, if we would have gotten the extra lap and Owen mm-hmm. had not, then yeah. it would have been game on. I would have totally tried to aim for him and just, just take him yeah. out just for crowd pleasing, you know? Yeah. Cause everybody's, everybody there is watching that, right? I, know. I announced it. Yeah, I, you did. I think I did a pretty good job. You did a great job. No, you did a great job. Yeah. And, uh, and then the race started and the next thing you know, I'm in fourth. I was, I started eighth and somehow after the first or second lap, I was in fourth and then I was, uh, mm-hmm. no, I was in fifth cause I was following you. And then I, I like, I traction rolled or something. I, I think that like over that hump, I like over braked and my car like flipped over Yeah, on that. I just tried to come in too hot. And then I started catching Derek and I was like, mm-hmm. I could get third place here. There's like two minutes to go. And I'm like, there's enough time. And I'm, I'm reeling this white car in, in front of me. Um, so Derek Wood was back and apparently, okay, this is what happened. This is a lowdown. There was no drama. I just want to be clear. This was not a drama moment. It was just a club racing. Ha ha ha. It was funny moment. He made a mistake before the five pack. I got around him. The next lap, Mm -hmm. I hit one of those off camber sections through the five pack and had to slow down. Otherwise, I was going to drive off the course. And he got underneath of me and got the spot back. And then the next lap, we were both basically side by side through the five pack he got in front of me and he was hugging a tight line and I was hugging a tight line. And when we jumped over the tabletop before the start of the straightaway, honestly, I don't even know if I did. I mean, I, I guess I did. I don't know. This is going to sound very, yeah. very, um, uh, if Chris Baumgartner is ever listening to this show in this episode, this, this is very, um, 2001 Chillicothe. Like I probably did bump him a little bit, but I didn't like just drive through him. I, I probably did bump him, but then he landed on the white pipe and flipped over and then I drove by. So you're like, you're like Dale Earnhardt. You're like, I was just trying to rattle his cage, man. I mean, take him out. Yeah, I was trying to rattle his cage. <laughs> but I didn't like drive through him. Like that would have been bad. That would have been, but it was one of those things where I was like, maybe I did touch him. I don't know. I didn't think it was enough to, to make it so that I should stop basically. And plus it was a club race. So who cares? Yeah, I know. Right. So like, (laughs) so Derek, (laughs) Derek is standing beside you. Derek never gets mad. 
Oh yeah, Derek never gets mad whenever like he takes you out because he takes me out all the time. Or he can, <laughs> he has. Like we're he'll just, like on the first lap he'll just send it over like a like a triple that we're all double singling and you, it's you, hardly anybody's tripling it. And he tries to just jump over you and lands on top of your car and flips you over. It's like yeah, you went big and you really tried, but you kind of screwed my whole race. So thanks. And that's not a big deal. It's just toy cars. But like, oh, oh, you touched Derek. Oh, oh, it's the end of the world. It's all your fault. It's a big deal. That was dirty. It's like, dude, where's the consistency here? I, anyway, I no, I walked I out. Derek, I, but, Derek came down. He's like, dude, he looked at me he's smiling. He's like, dude, I'm like, I'm like, what are you going to do? I go, I go, you can yeah. get me back next week, you know? Yeah, that's how it went we down. We need more of that. And like, then I told to him, take our club racing. Well, and the other thing too that seriously. I told him, I told him too in the pits. Uh, I'm like, dude, if it was a summer series race, I'm like, that I wouldn't even been that close to you. Mm-hmm. You know, if it was a summer series yeah. race and I and I hit that, I I would have totally waited on the straightaway to let you go. But it wasn't a summer mm-hmm. series race, club race. It's different. We're all trying stuff. We're just having a good time. Yeah, like we seem to have a good time. So with that, Derek finished fourth, but. Derek was back mm. Mm, and he yeah. qualified third. Look out. It's going to be, it's going to yeah. be a tough one this summer. I think Ethan Delaire in his debut, he qualified fifth and he finished fifth. That's right. We finished. And then what happened between you and Kyle on the last turn of the last lap? Cause you guys finished seven tenths of a second apart. There's that tabletop coming onto the straightaway. Mm-hmm. Like on the last lap, my car just decided to flip over when I jumped into that. Nice. Cause I was jumping that last thing and landing like into the face of that and then scrubbing over the tabletop and i'd done it like 10 laps in a row and then like the last lap my car flipped over i think that's what happened but kyle was throwing down some heaters man mm-hmm. he, he like went clear back and i looked at his lap times he ran a 19.2 somewhere d- during the main he was coming yeah so i mean he, he was going fast so, I mean, he uh, deserved to catch me because yeah. I wasn't going that fast. <laughs> <laughs> and then Emerson finished eighth. I was just proud of him that he made the main. I mean, honestly, he was flying in the B main. He was doing a great job leading the race. I was really mm-hmm. proud of him that he didn't he didn't crack. So I was happy that he made the A. Um, I'd like to see him in the yeah. A main at the Summer Series more this year. I think he's only made yeah, one. Yeah, me too. So, so Mod Buggy was a lot of fun. I Man, I missed it. I missed driving Mod Buggy. Oh, oh, I wanted yeah. to say too. So, um, <laughs> of course they're out of them. I got them on back order, but, uh, on a main, which is where we get a lot of our stuff from now, a main distribution, they have these rude dog motors and they're yeah. 5499. So mm-hmm. I wanted a seven. Oh, I wanted my, my favorite motor to run as a 7.0. Um, I had a Macklin one and I sold it. Well, I didn't really sell it, but it went with the car I sold. And, uh, I wanted to find another one and everybody's out of stock of them. And then, and then I was looking on a main and there was a rude dog motor and I looked at the price tag. I'm like, what we pay how much for that? And then it goes for how much. And so I just thought to myself, well, I'm going to order one for myself. I'm going to try it. And then if it, if it, if it craps out on me or has problems, then I won't even bother ordering them. But if I, if I, if it works and I like it, I'm going to try to order more of those motors for the store. Cause shoot, even if we mark them up five bucks, or 10 bucks. It's still way cheaper than everybody else's stuff. Yeah. And it worked fine. My car yeah, was fast. Yeah. It looked, looked like it was working for you. Yeah. So I put a couple of them on back order, six, five, seven, five, seven O's, six O's. And, uh, they have an eight O too, an 8.0. I thought that was a cool motor. Hmm. 
something in between. Yeah. Let's move on real quick. Then we can get to some questions. 13.5 Wheeler, uh, James Nelson did the twofer. He only finished six tenths of a second in front of Owen Vanderbeek, who was your TQ for the day. So Owen did a great job mm-hmm. in qualifying. And then James got him in the main. I think, I think it was on the last lap, wasn't it? I don't know. I was marshalling. Yeah, so. I, I, I think it was. I think Owen led a majority of that race. Um, mm-hmm. Chance Rolk, uh, Nick Pavel, Corey Tanhill, Ronnie yeah, Wynn. it was on the... Right? Yeah. That's oh, what sorry, I, not, yeah, yeah, no. Yeah, it was on the last lap. Yeah, that's what I thought. And then it was uh, Ronnie Wynn, Jason Herbal, Joe Schnoes. This this race also had to be main. Uh, we ended, I think we had 12 altogether, so we went six and six with two bumps. And uh, mm-hmm. again, you know, 13.5 wheeler hasn't gone away. That's uh, it's it's actually grown. I think it's because uh, they handle really well and the speed is manageable. Mm-hmm. So for everybody that was wanting to know, because I've been getting a ton of questions on Facebook about it, what compound the tires work best. I ran silver compound on mm-hmm. Saturday. I tried new silvers and then new golds back to back and silver compound. Like I was, I was like, cause I ran them in practice back, like alternating. Then the first heat I ran gold and the second heat I put silvers on and I watched the first heat of two wheel and I knew what tires, uh, people ran, uh, were running on their car if they were running gold or silver. So I was just, you know, wa- just kind of watching the cars. It's like, it was kind of noticeable for at least the track conditions. You could tell who was running gold and who was running silver. And it seemed like the cars that were on silver compound were a lot smoother. They didn't bicycle or catch in the sweeper. They just, they seemed to just look a lot better, more natural on the track. Yeah. I know you ran gold in the main, didn't you? Ran gold I ran golds all day. Emerson ran silvers all day. I ran golds all day. Yeah. Sure. And it's like, we're kind of, it's almost like if you run golds, you just got to keep gooping them to their, tell they're the point of silvers. But like, yeah. I, I ran, I thought silvers are better than gold. Personally, it was just easier to drive. I put in my second quarter J Concepts order and uh, the webpage said they were out of stock of silver rears. Really? So was, yeah. So I was kind of bummed I just, out. I just ordered eight sets today. Oh, did you? Well. Yeah. They were yes, yesterday. The store sold them all. We had, we, had, we had like 12 pairs of them and they're all gone. So yeah. silver's. And this, this is the tread height that I ran. Like mm-hmm. there aren't slicks. I, yeah. I thought they were, these are pretty good. My car rips some wheelies a couple of times. Yeah, it did. Like, I, I did a couple of wheelies too on that little yeah. section after the berm. Mm-hmm. You kind of crossed Like when I was really pushing hard to get yeah. a 20 second flat lap in the main. Yeah. <laughs> I was getting some wheelies. That's one thing about our track that I like. Is that we're not a slick track? Oh can, yeah, I if we run. were in s- slicks all the time, I would be so disappointed. Yeah, like that's the best way to turn. In my opinion, that's a good way to turn people off. Well, and it's, as long as you it's not like breaking your it's tires, not like you run. Yeah, it's not like if you run bald, bald tire, bald slicks, they last you forever. It's like yeah. you got to have new slicks. As long as slicks. you break in your tires with a little bit of heat and some sauce, you can almost get away mm-hmm. with whatever tread height you feel like. I, th- yeah. I think it, it's now, like, now that we know how to do it. Yeah. You start off in the, uh, at the beginning of the day with new tires, warmed up sauce, maybe do that a few times, break them in a little, break in the foam a little bit if you want. And then, you know, if the track really grooves up, they're a little bald in the middle and they're perfect mm-hmm. at the end of the day. It just, your tires wear with the track. I feel like. 
And our, our dirt's always been that way. I think we're pretty lucky to have that. Yeah. I was pleasantly surprised how quickly our track kind of came back to what we, what we know it does. I mean, you could see the black groove was there and I thought mm-hmm. there was lots of grip, especially. Oh, I mean, even before oh, yeah. the second qualifier, there was, there was plenty of grip, you mm-hmm. know? So yeah, I didn't have any issues with grip at all. Um, let's move on real quick. Independent stock buggy. This one, um, it was pretty much, pretty much Wade and Andy. It was going to be between them in this one. Wade Garing ends up winning by two seconds over Andy. Tyler Brinkerhoff, who I'm pretty sure comes from Sioux City, if I'm not mistaken, finished third. And then it was Stevie, um, Phil Palmer, Jackson Anderson finished sixth, Tim Marks, and then Rod Case. And uh, cool I think, thing, I think oh, Rod Case broke, man. but I think Rod was having a much better day than his main shows. So the cool thing about the Sioux City guys is a lot of those guys have never raced on dirt before. Right. It's pretty awesome. So. Yeah. And then we had an e-buggy class. And it was pretty much yeah. pretty much all the Pavels plus Ronnie. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, if I'm not mistaken, there was four different manufacturers. There was Bryson with an X-Ray, Ronnie with a JQ car, Nick with a Mugen, and Mitchell with a Techno. And then... In the main, Mitchell probably should have won this race, but he broke his techno. And then about a lap later, Nick Pavel broke his Mugen. And so the X-Ray and the JQ car finished the race. But Bryson had two laps over Ronnie. So Bryson's gotten big, like tall-wise. Like he, yeah, he was like seven years old for like the last 10 years. Yeah. <laughs> now, he's, now he's finally getting taller. He's growing up, man. All three of the Pavel, Pavel boys. Yeah. All right. This is probably a good point in the show to uh, listen to our sponsor real quick, and then we'll spend about 15 minutes on some questions. And now, a word from our sponsors. Yeah! This is a Pivot Lending Update with Dave Olson and Don Zoller. Get some. So we, we've talked about the history of the mortgage world as far as the creation of the different entities that purchase loans, government entities. We've talked about the CARES Act that... Is, is helping consumers right now avoid foreclosures. Uh, so I, I want to jump into what's happening on the lender side. From the lender standpoint, there are different very um, different size lenders. So you can have a, a boutique servicer lender uh, all the way up to a huge box lender like Bank of America. In each of these cases, uh, each of the lenders are responsible for the payments being provided to Fannie Mae, Freddie Mac, or Jenny Mae. So if you sell a loan to one of the GSEs, one of those three entities, as owning those servicing rights, you're guaranteeing those GSEs a payment. And in return, uh, you're making fee income for providing that that payment's going to happen. There are two ways to make the payments there is an actual, actual payment stream, and then there's a schedule, schedule payment stream. So if I sell a loan to Ginny May, an FHA loan, and the contract agreement that I have with Ginny May is actual, actual, then that means that every single loan in my portfolio underneath that contract agreement, I am responsible for providing that payment to Ginny May only when that payment's made by the consumer. So if a consumer doesn't make the payment on my entire FHA portfolio, I'm not responsible for making the payment to Jenny May until I have payments received from the consumer. So as a servicer, 
I'm able to keep my liquidity and to continue to purchase loans from um, different entities. If I have a contract with Jenny May that is schedule schedule, then that means that regardless of a payment being made by the consumer, I am guaranteeing Jenny May I will make the payment on their behalf. So based on the size of the servicer and based on the based on the size of their portfolio, I mean, if you're you're a medium to small size servicer, it becomes a substantial liability for you because you're going to chew up all of your capital uh, making payments until you know uh, until the consumer comes back around, which could be a year from now. So you're you're on the hook potentially for a year, and who knows after a year if they're going to be in a position to even make the payment. And maybe that house goes into foreclosure after a year. So now you've sat on it for a year and you potentially could sit on it for another six months. So you've gone 18 months without receiving one payment, but yet you continually pay $1,500 a month to Jenny May for that FHA loan. That same process happens with Fannie Mae and with Freddie Mac. So all three GSEs allow for an actual actual or a schedule schedule payment. David Olson, NMLS 160999. Don Zoller, NMLS 177589. Hey, pass me a kickstart. <sighs> that was pretty good. That was a good one. You want to get to some questions? Hmm? Hmm? Oh, yeah? Do you have one? The first one is from Andy Big Dance LaChance. Uh, he says, the current layout for the past weekend provided a lot of close racing. There were some spots that would jump up and grab your car if you were not paying attention. Will we see a track layout similar for one-tenth scale racing in the future. So basically what we raced on was an eight-scale Techno Series layout. Right. And, you know, if in a normal year, we'd already be into our summer series with a, with a more 10-scale traditional-oriented layout. I feel like the layout that I have planned for next week is going to be almost like a throwback to say like a 2014 or 15 summer series layout. Right on. I've been watching some old YouTube videos from, from back then of our track. And I'm like, I want to do that again, or I want to do this again, or I I got something similar in mind for that. And this we've had so many good layouts that, I mean, it really, it, I don't think it'd be bad if we repeated some. Yeah. So I've said this before. If, if, if I decide to put in for the Nats next year, I already know what track layout's going in. It's that super mm-hmm. awesome 2017 layout that we had. The end of it will be slightly different because we're not going to use the part of the track that we did or whatever. But, but other than that, I really haven't reused anything. I, it is kind of funny. I'll go back and I'll look at some old J Concepts Nitro races and go, oh man, I've used the same sort of flow many times for that race. Yeah. Because you're always trying to squeeze more room out of the room we have when you're dealing with eight, eight scale cars. Yeah. If we put in for the Nats again, I'm building a new mod truck because I, I need some redemption. 
I finished 11th. I won the B main. Yeah. At the last short answer you had in my truck. <sighs> I don't know if I'd race. I don't no, know. It's on you, boo. I know. I don't know if I'd race. I'd have to think about it. Emerson would race. I don't know if I would. So to answer that question, Andy, I mean, <sighs> we're not going to have any sort of eight scale layout again until the fall. So I guess in that regard, probably not, but I think every track layout that we do presents its own series of challenges. And I always, I'm always trying to come up with something that we've never done before. And mm-hmm. it is, it is getting harder and harder by the way oh, yeah. to do that. But I'm always trying to come up with something, you know? Yeah. My, my favorite part of the track was the toughest part. The, the five pack stair steps up. Yeah, yeah. That thing, whatever I was calling it, the skimmers. Yeah. No, no doubt. The eight scale guys at the techno series could single double and then single, single out of it. Mm-hmm. And I was trying that line a lot in practice and I kept crashing. And then I, yeah. I, I pulled it out of the hat on the second to last lap. And I don't think Derek was ready for that. Cause mm-hmm. when I doubled that and I, na- I actually landed it. I mean, I was right on his rear bumper. I probably could have bumped yeah. it then, but it didn't happen, <laughs> <laughs> but I didn't do it on the next lap because I didn't want to crash. I was in a position to, to you know, to make a move or take him out, whatever. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Okay. And then this is so, this next question comes from Joe Zayer Jr. And this is, I've been talking about this for like two weeks now. Could this work like Cartman owning an amusement park? When you're able to open to full (laughs) capacity, do you think you'll be packed for a meaningful period of time? I've been thinking the same thing, making it so that only 30 people get to race for a couple of weeks is a very Cartman buys an amusement park sort of thing. And I hope so. I saw that quite. Yeah. I saw that question. And I was like, I thought that was really funny. Yeah, <laughs> I I've been bringing this up. It's so it's it, great minds think alike, man. Because I basically mm-hmm. have brought this up upstairs to Tim and stuff a couple times, and just been like, maybe this is how we should do it. Remember me saying how I think we should have online sign up all summer, mm-hmm. not with a limited no, amount anymore after yeah. June, but I, maybe we should mm-hmm. just do that all summer. No, I think that's a great idea. When you suggested it on Saturday, it's like, yeah, that's, that'd be cool. You can kind of plan like, like for what you're going to do and who's showing up and it's right. not a surprise who gets there. And you kind of would know on Friday night, like, oh man, we got uh, 50 guys signed up for racing tomorrow. Yeah. You know, better work on the track a little more or whatever, you know? I also think it would help because our numbers in the past have dwindled on Saturdays and I, I want to keep Friday family, Friday off-road family, Friday off-road. And I want to keep Saturday racing, Saturday racing mm-hmm. as long as I can. It'd be yeah. nice if, if, if you do that and then you see that like Tom's coming or Mason's coming, you know, or mm-hmm. the Hutch guys are making a trip up here or, or, whoa, look at that. Zeke Bellinger's signed up for this weekend. <laughs> Crazy. Yeah. Right. And then you'll, then it'll just, it'll just keep that going. It'll, people will see that and go, Oh, holy crap. They're going to be there. Okay. Well, I guess I better go. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I think I'm, I'm thinking about maybe just after these two next two club races after the summer series, because we know people are going to show up for the summer series. So I don't think we have to do any pre sign up for that, but for club racing, I think, I think I'm going to do it. Yeah. I just think that's a good idea. Up. You can kind of plan for the party, you know? Yeah. Do you think people realize what they have? 
I think that people are definitely a little more thankful for everything right now. You know, like things that we take for granted, being able to go to the grocery store with no problems or any public interaction. Uh, I think that those are things that we all kind of take for granted. And now things are limited. So it kind of changes people's outlook. Because like, I really missed and, it. Oh, yeah, I did too. Saturday, that I and, realized how much I missed just racing RC cars in general. But being around all my my true friends, you know, all my friends, oh, are, yeah. all my, uh, with the exception of my wife, the rest of my friends race RC cars. Yeah, me too. You know? Um, I think that a lot of people had time to get stuff done at home. Yeah. And it's like they have time to race on a Saturday. <laughs> yeah. That <laughs> too. I mean? Yeah, no doubt. Yeah. I can see <laughs> that. that too. Like I've been working on my house, scooter stuff, all kinds of different stuff around here. I'll send you a picture of my house, by the way, with the new siding on it. That's sweet. Nice. Well, Emerson and I, we've, we've been trying to go bike more. Uh, we finally modified mama's specialized that she got last year so that Emerson's, uh, so the seat can be lowered enough so Emerson can sit on it the way he wants to. And, uh, Mm -hmm. we've been going out biking more and that's kind of our thing. That's not our thing. We did that today Mm -hmm. actually. And, and that was a lot of fun. Other than that, I was just having so much fun. I was just being able to get back on the racetrack. It was just fun, you know? Mm Mm-hmm. We got one more. This is another good question. All right. This one's for you because I'm not even going to try to explain it because as we all know, and I've said this earlier in the show, I'm not an engineer. I go by feel. I cannot explain things. I don't know how things work. Josh McMullen asks if a buggy is able to have the rear shocks mounted in front or behind the shock tower, what are the advantages of one over the other and what conditions would both of those mounting positions be beneficial in? So like shocks on the back of the arm, that that's what like a lot of outdoor guys do. So like with mid motor and outside, you know, if you look at what they're doing, like with Australia, like, or like the racing they do in Australia is mostly all outdoor Mm -hmm. racing. It's kind of like the Lincoln track, right? Double D's think bomb, like open cell inserts, things like that. Yeah. As far as I know. And, um, that's usually when you see, shocks on the rear of the arm just because you need the rear weight bias to you know you kind of want your car to be a little more rear planted or more rear weight when you start getting into higher traction surfaces or a surface that maybe you don't have like maybe it's slippery and you need the more center balanced car you would run the shocks on the front of the arm the reason is is like so you hit like the center of a corner. Well, you have all this this weight in the back of your car that's still moving forward. And then you just your front tires have so much more grip now that that rear weight tries to swing out. Do you end up a car, with a car that feels kind of loose because of all the rear weight that it has where it isn't as balanced? And this is this is my personal experience, because when the B6 first came out, my mine got shipped to when I worked at the home office. Mine got shipped there, and I built it at work that day. I had a laydown transmission in it, but um, I had the shocks on the back of the arm, and that was what I think Cody tested as well because they came for that. This is when we used to have the team associated day at the Plex race. Yeah, yep. It coincided with convention, so they were there and they were testing for the Nats, and that was the setup he started with. And I felt like my car would was like super swinging around and really loose. 
and you know they were thinking because it was like when nobody really ran a laydown car on dirt yet mm-hmm. and they were thinking it was just because of the laydown transmission so i put a stand up back in it well testing you're getting ready for the roar nats i put my shocks i just thought my car had too much rear weight bias and i put my shocks on the front of the arm and it might it tightened my car way up like it, it was way easier to drive carried more corner speed was a lot more predictable so it's just because it didn't have all that swing weight pendulum on the back of the car i remember that that change feeling of, of it being mm-hmm. basically being tighter when the 3.0 car the tlr 3.0 mm-hmm. when we did that mod to move the shocks in front i did it right before the nats i remember no, I did it after the Nats and I was pissed at myself that I did it after the Nats instead of before the Nats mm-hmm. because I did it after the Nats and my car felt tighter, but in a good way. Yeah. It just had, it had more grip. It probably felt like it drove off the nose a little bit more on entry Yeah, and it was probably more predictable. Like, cause that to me, when you have a bunch of stuff, mechanical stuff, doing stuff like, you know, extra weight swinging through a corner to me, that's just unpredictable, and I have a hard time driving around that. Yeah. So some people can really make it work, and they like that feeling, but I have never liked a car with a lot of rear weight. When I had my Techno 410 there for a little while last summer, I never did move the shocks in front because I didn't have it that long because I got offered a pretty good amount of money for it, actually more than I paid mm-hmm. for it, so that's whatever. <laughs> but the car was super duper for four wheel drive. It was super duper comfy to drive, but it wasn't very fast. Right. And I feel like if I would have taken the time to get the right stuff to put in the shocks in front, it probably would have turned better. And then it would have been a little bit faster, but it sure was easy mm-hmm. to drive though. Oh yeah. Really easy to drive, but that's four wheel drive. So, car. That, that's, so that's different yeah. from a two wheel drive car. All right. So that's my opinion. Like with it, it all has to do with weight balance or weight bias. And then, um, the amount of grip. So like if you're running on a loose outdoor track, you know, you're running zero axle and zero diff height most of the time, at least I would think. And you're probably running a tra- stand up transmission and um the shocks on the back of the arm mm-hmm. and some you know, probably not an aluminum front bulkhead and your front tires probably turn more into like a three rib style tire and you know, like I remember running out, out loose outdoor, I could hang that thing out, you know, sideways around corners and just throw roost. And, you know, that was with the motor hanging off the back of the car, but it'd be four days. Yeah. So, but yeah, to me, it just, it has to do with like pendulum and swing weight. So as you add more grip and your front tires, you know, they do a lot more work. They're going to grab and almost kind of stop. So like you turn into a corner and they're going to slide a little bit and then, you know, stop. And then the rear of the car is going to want to keep going. And I think that's where you get that swing feel. Yeah. Well, that's why you're the, uh, you're the man. Yeah. I try to be, you're able to, I wasn't the man this weekend. Yeah. But whatever. <laughs> it felt good to be, to finish in front of all you guys again though. Yeah. <laughs> we'll see. Hopefully I can get my, my poop in a group here and work, work on my car. Again. I changed some stuff on my car. I changed my shock package again. Well, that's the, see, now you've been practicing. That's the first time I've been on dirt. I wouldn't call it practice. You've driven your car. I've driven I my car, been. but I've, I've actually driven my crawler more than I have my, my buggy. Okay. Well, you still drove your buggy. You yeah, still I practiced. still did. Yeah. A little bit. I, I haven't driven on dirt since we were in St. Louis. Yeah, that's true. 
<laughs> in February. So real quick, online sign up for this Saturday's race is available right now. I haven't mm-hmm. checked it recently, but as of last night, I think we already had 16 entries, 16 people. I so we'll, sign up. So we'll probably <laughs> so be we'll probably be pretty full again. Um, mm-hmm. I saw I think Ken Peterson coming up from Hutchinson. Ooh, um, that'll be cool. So we're gonna race Saturday, and then Sunday night after work, I'm gonna hop on the tractor and go to town mm-hmm. and start nice. changing the track. So so I'm building up my. It's I gotta like mentally prepare for four days of just crap because I'm old. My body's mm-hmm. gonna be yeah. pissed off at me the whole time because <laughs> the sat, Sunday night will be like six and a half hours on the tractor just bouncing up and down and just all that. And then Saturday will basically be half of that and then breaking and all that crap. And my abs are going to be like, you stupid, stupid blankety blankety blank. Cause I'm fat and my abs mm-hmm. are like jello. I love your abs. Yeah, I bet. Um, <laughs> yeah, I bet. <laughs> <laughs> and then, uh, then we'll have a new track layout for the 30th and uh, online okay. sign up will begin for the 30th, that Sunday at five o'clock. And then that should set us up for the rest of the year. I'm really excited about it. Um, do, do you ever just look look at something and you know it's a bad idea? Like I'm sitting here, I have this roll of solder, and then I have uh, uh, there's this a big six strip that's laying across my pit table, mm. and I just like I was so like I was just like imagining myself sticking the solder right in the electrical outlet. Dumb. I wonder what happened. And well, we like, lose our live stream. That's what would happen. We'd lose you huh? in our live stream. <laughs> everything would go i did a drop today at uh, platte river state park and it was a terrible idea and i knew it was a terrible idea yeah, yeah. we got it oh, on video man, too i didn't crash but we actually texted my wife <laughs> i knew this i knew she, i was like she's gonna call me like right after i text her this i texted her mm-hmm. at like three o'clock today i said hey emerson's on our insurance right health insurance <laughs> and then like 30 seconds later she's calling she's like what did you guys do? And I'm like, nothing. We haven't done anything yet. I just wanted to make sure that he was actually still in our health insurance, just in case mm-hmm. he was Emerson's got, he, he there's a, a place called Oxbow hey, and he's, he, there's this huge gap jump. Like it's like a 20 footer mm-hmm. and he wants to clear it. Yeah. And I'm like, if you think you can do it, man, do it. I'll have, a, I got the video going just in case, you know? And, uh, mm-hmm. He, he didn't do it today, but he was, he, he ran up to it a few times and, and the speed looked right. So I think he's going to do it at some point this summer. Like your insurance won't cover him anymore. <laughs> After that first days. one. Yeah. <laughs> uh, we keep yelling at him that, that, uh, um, they're going to think that we're like beating him cause he's got all these bruises <laughs> and scratches everywhere all over yeah. his body all the time. You're, they ask, they ask, what happened, Emerson? You're like, oh, he fell on his bike. Can you nudge him? Yeah, you're like, mm, wink, <laughs> like, wink. <laughs> okay, real quick, before we go, we got to do two things. I saw in the YouTube stream, and I, it's unfortunate that you never, I don't think you ever met him. You never met Dennis Johnson, did you? I don't, uh, maybe at Hadar, that time you and I uh, went there. Maybe, yeah, you're right. Maybe. We always went to Hadar. But John Bolton real quick says, what's your best story of the legend, Dennis Johnson? I just wanted to address this real fast because I do, there's quite a few of them, but this one uh, was one that always stuck with me. Old Rockbrook Hobbytown, circa like 1989, 90, somewhere in there. Dennis was one of the first people to have the RC-10T and he put a towel over it so nobody could see it. And people were trying to get, he wasn't a very social person unless you were good friends with him. So people would 
ask him to look at it. And he'd be like, no, get out of here. No. <laughs> and uh, <laughs> so one day I'm at Rockbrook, he's like walking by me or something like that. And somebody had told me to talk to him, which they knew what they were doing because I was some stupid, fat, you know, dumb kid driving, you know, a crappy RC car or whatever. But I just got told on YouTube to stop calling myself fat. It's true. I am. And I'm fine with it. It's a, it's a thing. It's a lifestyle choice. Who said that? I don't know. Uh, anyways. Okay. Okay. So he's walking by me and I'm this little, I'm this little like nine year old kid. And I said, Hey mister, uh, what kind of motor do you have that thing in that thing? And he goes, an electric one. And then went back to his pits. (laughs) (laughs) That's funny. Yeah. I thought it was funny. Okay. Guys, don't forget uh, about Pivot Lending uh, Group, pivotlending.com. They are the title sponsor. They're how we can get this show coming to you weekly. And uh, if you mention the Hobbyplex show, uh, you can get a $500 lender credit or 0.25 off of your rate. That's really important. We've had uh, numerous people actually contact them and uh, get that deal. So that just means that we're going to stay weekly for you guys. They're able to get the podcast on. So, Will... You ready for Saturday? You ready for round yeah. two? Oh yeah, you bet. I need some redemption. Here, one second. We're trying to get our dog in in my room. Did your here, here. did your dog eat gotcha. cat? Yeah, it ate kitty, kitty yeah, litter. Our, uh, one dog ate kitty litter. Dasha, yeah. come here. And so my wife's taking Braxton to the vet because he probably has wimes or something. You named your dog Braxton. Get him in. No, it, like, it was hers and like, her wife. Like Tony before, Braxton. Uh, we met. Yeah. Here, one sec. Dasha, come here. Braxton. Oh. This is our, our wiener dog, Dasha. I want a wiener dog. See a wiener dog. Oh, yeah. Oh, he's he's a, he's a, he's a is that the dog that he's ate kitty litter? No, this isn't. The oh, okay. The other one did. The other one's got to go to the. I was going to say, because you just vet. you just let that dog lick your face. So. No, that one doesn't eat <laughs> kitty. She didn't lick my face. She licked near my face. She didn't get it. <laughs> You know, that, that one, she's like 11, something like that. Wow. You know, she's an old dog. But, uh, no, the other one ate kitty litter, apparently. At least that's what we think. Uh, he's been, like, not running around and being Aww. himself lately. Poor so guy. He'll poop it out. I think he got into the litter box. Yeah, he'll poop it out. They'll be all right. Well, we don't want him to get parasites. Yeah. Like, you can get parasites from eating cat poop, I guess. Really? I guess my sister can. and I had yeah. had a whole bunch of dogs that we that used to eat cat. I think our bulldog Alice always used to eat kitty litter. We'd always yeah. yell at her. Actually, I don't I even think imagine we had outdoor cats. I don't even think we had kitty litter. Yeah, I don't remember that either. I just imagine like the the dog going up to the litter box and being like, ah, a fine delicacy, and putting on like a bib, yeah, like a cartoon or something, <laughs> like a fork and a knife. Anyway, all right, we better go. All right. So there we go. I'm ready to talk about results uh, next week too. This is going to be fun. Yeah. I'm ready for some redemption. Especially if I keep finishing in front of Will every week. It'd be great. Yeah. Yeah. I'll get it figured out. I hope. Maybe I just don't have it anymore. You got it. Shut up. We all had the shanks. We all crashed too much. (laughs) We all crashed a lot. All right. Well, good show. Yeah. Good show. This is Alex Sturgeon and here with our buddy. Will Brinton. We got stuff to do. See you on the flip-flop. <laughs>